Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into What Makes Me Mad, a podcast where I discuss the things that make me mad. This is episode 27 of the podcast series. My name is Callahan Steed and I am your host. Before we get into the things that make me mad, I would like to give a shout out to uh, the audio. I have been looking at my uh recent analytics on anchor about how this podcast is growing with audience members and things like that and i have just found out that i have a new inter- someone internationally listened to this podcast i discussed on previous ones that most of my listeners obviously come from the united states about 97 percent of them and then uh one percent come from i believe it was bosnia and then uh the one percent also came from estonia and so I've talked about that. But I have discovered now that I have a new uh, listener. They could have just listened. They probably just listened to one episode. But anyway, I'm still going to give them a shout out. I have someone in Ireland listen to the podcast. So that was pretty cool. So if you're still listening uh, over there in Ireland, I say top of the morning to you, you sexy bastard. And I'm going to just assume that uh, you're a guy because I've been looking at my analytics and that uh, about my audience, uh, I mean, granted, I don't think it, when you check into Spotify or whatever, you have to specifically say, but it turns out that 92% of my listeners are male. So thank you, all the guys out there that are listening to the podcast and the 7% of the female population that are listening as well, too. Uh, so I was like, hey, you know, I struggle with the with the women in real life, and so I struggle with them on the podcast, too. So, you know, I kind of figured it was going to be a disparity. Did not think it'd be that much of a disparity, but, you know, hey, that's okay. I'll I'll write that ship probably one of these days. But, yeah, 92% of my listeners are guys, and I was like, all right, good work. And so most of them are, uh, yeah, male and uh, under the age of 24 is what I was looking at. And so glad I got that market. Uh, carved out so that's good but i i saw that though and i saw the uh i got the person from ireland listening so i was like hey i'll give them a shout out so all the people in ireland listening right now i say thank you and i hope y'all had a happy saint patty's day then and so just wanted to give a shout out to them also too want to give out a shout out to abby moon if you're listening yeah i told me a couple days ago that you were gonna listen to the podcast while we're all stuck at home self-isolating so happy late birthday and so i wanted to give you a little shout out so i get i think what i'm gonna do if listeners want and they tell me like when their birthday is i think i'll give them a birthday shout out on airing because i was doing some thinking i told sean harvatine too that i was gonna give him a birthday shout out on air and i don't know if i ever did that or not so sean harvatine happy late birthday so hopefully uh when you're listening to these podcast episodes back you'll be like oh look at that he actually did say happy birthday so yeah that should be my new thing that's how i'm gonna gain audience members i'll just tell everyone quick happy birthday and besides i like saying happy birthday a little positivity in the world we all could use it in this time of i don't know what to call it time uncertain times as everyone likes to put it so on the last two previous podcasts i spent a good amount of time just bitching up a storm basically about everything going on with covid19 so i'm gonna try to avoid that route this week and i think i got some good topics and so obviously i'm gonna talk a little bit about it again 
But I'm going to, obviously, I'm in a better mood. I don't know if you guys can tell, but it should not just be a 50 minute bitch session. So I've got some things that I want to say, and then I'll get into what makes me mad. But actually, I mean, they do all kind of tie in with what makes me mad because, yeah. Anyway, so you won't, so the whole, th- again, still. Just try to self-isolate as much as possible. Keep your distance from every, from everyone. Easter is going to be coming up. Uh, hopefully, uh, your family members are okay. If you guys don't want to celebrate, we've kind of had to make the difficult decision here in the Steed residence. Of uh, we're not going to have anyone over. It's just going to be uh, my sister, uh, my dad, and my mom uh, also doing some celebrating. And then uh, we're going to deliver some food over to one of my aunts. And so normally we have a gathering of about, say, 12 people or so will come over. But obviously, like, I think, and all the elderly, my like, my grandparents understand, like, you know what, maybe we'll just sit this one out. And so we're going to go deliver some food to them, and we're all just, you know, going to kind of work our way around it. And so that's what you got to do It's just... I know it's really tempting to see family, but it's like you don't know if you're carrying it or not. You don't know if they're carrying it or not. And so it's just... Better to be safe than sorry. Like, there's going to be more Easter's. Like, this is not going to be the last Easter celebration. So, I just got to tough it out. My dad's taking it real hard right now. Like, he takes everything because he can be an emotional man sometimes. That's where I get it from. That's where I get my emotional. My emotional. Or me being emotional. So, yeah. But, I mean, it's tough. You got to deal with it, basically. It's just, you know, I don't want to get... Like, my relative's sick because, like, I've been working, uh, you know, as I've said, like, I've been working with the public a little bit here and there with Culver's drive through still being open and everything. And, like, you know, I could be asymptomatic. I haven't felt anything yet, but, you know, I could still have it and not show any signs. And then I don't want to give it to, like, my grandpa. And then all of a sudden he gets it and he's at a higher risk. So, you know, I'll just stay home. Again, it sucks. But just listen to the health experts listen to dr anthony fauci i think i probably mispronounced his name on the last two podcasts wrong but i looked it up before uh we got on i had to listen to a guy ramble for about 30 seconds before actually pronouncing it i was just like how do you pronounce anthony fauci's name and so then he spent 30 minutes or 30 seconds discussing that and he finally got into it i was just like i that literally could have taken two seconds anthony fauci and so you all know I struggle with names and I butcher the shit out of them. So I was just like, I'm going to go on here and actually make sure I don't disrespect the man. And so we're seeing, you know, some positive signs. Looks like Wisconsin's not exploding with cases. Uh, we'll have to see what happens with uh, everyone that was out voting here pretty soon. And uh, I'm sure some people will still try getting together on Easter. And so I don't want to share a dark story, but there I did see... Um, Basically, wherever you're listening, if you're listening to this, say, in Virginia, California, I know all states are, like, kind of different right now with their uh, rules, but um, basically, just please, for the love of God, do not go to church service if they're holding it. Just, it's a bad idea. Like, listen to the health experts. They're literally telling you, like, don't go into large mass gatherings, and I know some states are still holding them open for some damn reason, like... I've seen some creative ways. Like, I I think it's really cool seeing, like, pastors doing stuff on Facebook Live or going to the Internet to stream their services. Because I know a lot of people, obviously, like, going to church for to feel connected and stuff. And, you know, it's just, I mean, it's 
like basically not my cup of tea basically but like i i can see both sides like i can understand why people like going to church like see people and you know helps you feel closer to god you know do what you gotta do but like right now like you can definitely go to church later in your life like it's i know it's easter and you know the day jesus rose from the dead you want to celebrate that but it's just like do not go to church man like just and if any state has i don't know why you haven't canceled it yet like just read your bible at home maybe if you need to or like i saw um saint paul's over in janesville uh wisconsin is doing um a sermon in a parking lot but what they're doing is everyone's just staying in their cars and i think that's a really cool idea and honestly a really good idea as well too like you just got to be creative with this shit like we're not like no one like is wanting to cancel everything just to be a bad guy like no we're literally trying to do it so that way we prevent the spread of diseases and i just am really worried that everyone's gonna pack the churches at easter and then they're gonna get it and then we're gonna see a huge ass spike in infection rates even though this was supposed to be the week that the u.s was gonna start hitting the peak basically and so just do not go to church as i've said i didn't want to share a dark story but like i read a story um where uh, a choir a church choir got together in washington and uh someone had it didn't know it or something they weren't showing symptoms or something at the time and then basically everyone in that choir got infected and a couple people have died from it and just literally like learn from previous mistakes like that's what's the most frustrating thing about this we've seen what's happened in china and italy and it's like that's probably gonna happen to us so let's try to prevent it as much as possible i think it's really dumb when it's like oh this is stupid i just want to go out in public yeah i want to go out in the public too but like we all gotta just fucking sacrifice right now and just help stop the spread of it like how do you think i i literally go back and listen to two previous podcast episodes where it's just me bitching about all this shit that has happened to me in literally the past fucking month with everything going on but at the end of the day i understand it because we're just trying to limit the spread of it until either a we get a vaccine or b we get it down far enough to where we don't have to worry about it and hopefully we don't have to worry about it soon but right now it doesn't look like that time's gonna be anywhere near so we all just have to tough it out stick around with quarantine or whatever and just just you know we'll get through it don't worry and just i think it's dumb when it's like oh this is the media is just trying to portray uh it's just it's a scary tactic and it's like no it's not like literally have you not seen what's happened in china and italy and then what's happening right now in the uk and what's happening in the u.s and like france and spain and like literally they're just trying to inform you about what's going on so that way it's like okay that's what's happening in these countries we're going to be one of the last countries to probably get it we can probably limit the spread of this and so that way we don't end up like those countries but guess what we're already like those countries and if not even worse uh but it's like i think it's dumb where it's like oh the media is out to you know try scaring us or whatever like you really think the media is trying to do this like do you know how much shit's been canceled and basically the only thing to literally talk about is covid19 you think everyone wanted to work from home you think this is media driven get out of here it's it it can do some damage basically to to a country and a lot of people are at risk man so it's like don't take the shit lightly and that's just dumb like i can already tell you right now there's like as we've seen from uh i saw a lady on cnn 
was pulling out of a parking lot uh, somewhere of a church, and they interviewed her, and they're like, basically, like, why are you going to church? Like, have you literally not seen what's been going on with, like, the news, and, like, you don't want to spread it? And she's like, oh, no, I go to the grocery store every day. I've got Jesus's blood on me, and it's like, that's not a good, that's not a proven vaccine. Like, if we probably would have figured it out by now. Hey, does Jesus's blood work to prevent the spread of corona? It does? Cool. Let's revamp all the sporting events. Like, no, we would have figured that out at that point. And so that's really dumb. Like, I can understand if you're, you know, spiritual and everything. But guess what? Prayer is not going to fucking work in this situation. This is, this is a time for modern science and medicine. If you need to pray, if it makes you feel better and safer, sure, go for it. But don't just think that because you supposedly have the blood of Jesus on you, like, that's not going to fucking help. And then you're going to get other people infected by it. And so don't fucking go to church thinking that you have Jesus' blood on you and that's going to protect you from the virus. Because right now it's not. And so literally the best thing we can do, wash your hands, listen to the health experts, and just stay six feet away from everyone. God, I just cannot believe just how many people are like, oh, this sucks, this is so stupid. This needs to end. I hate quarantine. It's like, Guess what? None of, like, literally no one's like, oh boy, I get to quarantine from the public for six months. No one's fucking excited about it. But it's just, you gotta try finding the positives with everything going on. And so, it's just dumb that people are like, oh no, I don't gotta worry. You could fucking still give it to other people, man. Even if you don't show signs. And so the whole, I've got Jesus's blood on me. That's fucking stupid. And these people are literally going to be the fucking reason why there's not going to be any sporting events anytime soon. And speaking of that, lately on last podcast, I was like, man, I'm, I was told you all about what I was going to do, or all the stuff I was excited about and everything that was going to happen with sports. And I was like, all right, if this event's canceled, I'm going to watch this. And so today, XFL came out and announced they're canceling or they're basically folding is basically what's happening i don't know when their timetable is going to be coming back but that was that was fun while it lasted like most things in my life fun while it lasted and then quickly ends in disappointment and then i also saw that ufc was like gonna do something where they're gonna buy a private island or something and have them fight out there and i was like Fuck, all right you know what if y'all if the fighters agree to it and they want to go out there and they all are clear of corona and they get tested and they're good to go yeah hell yeah i'll watch some ufc fighting i love watching ufc fighting and then it fucking comes out today that they're suspending all operations until further notice and i was like yeah i knew that would probably happen and so now major league baseball is trying to organize some shit together in arizona possibly and i'm like hey maybe there's a chance there and i just know damn well that it's gonna probably cancel or something like that and so it's it's not a fun time but it's but at sporting events, I'm just like, come on, I'm literally looking for a glimmer of hope. And honestly, though, I'm doing some thinking. I think NASCAR, maybe. What I'm hoping is if, you know, we start seeing, obviously right now we're in the middle of it. Probably not a good idea to have any sporting events going on and just uh, try to. But once we start, like, going on the downward curve, I know everyone wants to open things up right away. And it's like, we still got to wait. But, like, honestly, I think one sport that could probably make a comeback right away is NASCAR. Because, one, they barely have any fans in attendance as is. But, like, you could still close it off to the public. You really don't need a crowd for NASCAR because they get mostly drawn out by the engines. And then also, too, like, granted, I know, like, there's still, like, 
limit like maybe pit access with like media or something like that um you'd have to deal with but like drivers are in their car and like all the other drivers are in their car as well too and like so you really don't have to worry about like them being like right next to each other or anything like that and so i feel like maybe that sport could maybe come back first but you know hey we just gotta hope that maybe a vaccine either gets uh made right away or they're like they're making good headway on it so shout out to modern science and technology there and all the doctors and healthcare workers and truckers and grocery store workers all y'all uh appreciate it but uh you know we just gotta just try to limit the spread of it as much as possible and hopefully we'll see the curve soon we'll be on the downward swing of things and then again just listen to healthcare experts so that's my little spiel on it <sighs> but yeah hopefully uh sport can start seeing some sporting events but anyway lately you just got to find the silver lining with everything i've been watching some old school classic college basketball some old school classic nascar and some classic mlb baseball it's just it sucks that there's nothing new right now on but like hey i understand it but i am ready to get into it though for what makes me mad and so one of the things that i have been watching uh because you know obviously we're just supposed to be inside as much as possible or at our homes so i've been watching a little bit of the game show network i've been watching some old deal or no deals basically if you're not familiar with the show basically you have 26 cases with variable dollar amounts in them some are really high like say the top prize the top prize is a million dollars then you also have seven hundred fifty thousand dollars uh five hundred thousand dollars And then also you basically go all the way down to a penny. And so uh, from those 26 cases to choose from, they pick a contestant. That contestant will choose a case. And then that's like their case for basically the rest of the show. I think they can trade it if they wanted to, if they get down to like the final two. But basically like they pick a case, whatever they hope is the million or whatever. And so basically the whole point of the premise of the show, you start off opening a bunch of cases. And then as the tension builds, you open one case at a time basically. And so you get, you pick a case and then like you pick up, so then like that's the case you want to have the biggest amount impossible. You hope that you pick the million right away and then you want to go pick as little, uh, then each case you pick after that, you want it to be as little as possible so that way the, uh, you don't knock out any of the big amounts. Uh, And you want to like obviously the littler amount that you get, um, they also have like a banker that'll offer, um, an amount that uh to like buy the case from you to like get you out if like the banker's like oh the board looks really good here i'll offer them a really high amount to get out so basically it's like you pick a case and then you pick a bunch of cases and then it's like you also get offered a dollar amount where the banker will buy your case and basically you want to leave this show with as much money as possible but the problem is with these people and what makes me mad is when they are really greedy about their uh money that they're trying to leave with so a lot of times, basically, people rarely go to the end. They uh, get bought out because, I mean, they get offered a lot of money sometimes if they have a really good board. So say if they have a million dollars still on board and, like, another big amount, say $300,000 um, and, like, a couple other dollar amounts, like, then their the bank offer is going to be really high. Um, and so a lot of times what these people do, though, they get into the show and they want as much as possible, like obviously everyone else would. And so you get these people that come on there and they get a really good offer and then they turn it down 
and then they end up picking the million on like their next case and then they knock out the million and then basically any chance of leaving with a high amount goes basically down too so basically hope i've explained it good enough to anyone that hasn't seen dealer no deal but basically that's premise so i'm gonna get into it and so i think it's really dumb and it makes me mad when people go on dealer no deal and so howie mandel will be like oh so you know what do you want to do with the money when you win or whatever and it's like you know they start off like really nice like oh you know i want to buy a house or something or oh i want to start up a family i want to buy my mom a house or something like that i want to send my kids to college or whatever and it's like all right cool so you probably don't need the, like obviously like it's a lot of money but like when you're in deal or no deal or whatever like you get offered like life-changing money basically and so it's like when you need it like if someone just offered you like fifty thousand dollars like i would obviously take it like right away because like the amount of shit you could buy with fifty thousand dollars and so you get these people on there and they're like they start seeing that like oh there's a chance i could have the million and they want to leave with the million as much as possible and so then they get really fucking greedy and i was literally watching it today where a woman had a million dollars in play, $750,000 in play, and then like $75,000, and then like $1,000, and then like really small amounts after that. And so she's saying like, oh, like, I don't know what her dream was, or I literally just flipped it on. And these fucking people, man, I tell you, they, oh, they're just so dumb, and they get so cocky. They're like, oh, and like, they also have like their three people that they have like on a couch, like, on stage with them or whatever like cheering them on basically and like that's like their advice section basically and i swear to god these people are just always like oh you've got the million in your case one you don't know that sir you don't know anything what's in that case you're just assuming that there's a million in that case you're hoping there's a million but how about you just play the ads be like you want to know what that's a lot of money you said you wanted to come on here and send your kids to college you're getting offered all this money that's going to be enough take it and go don't look like a fool on national TV, but they want that million so bad. They want the fame that comes with winning the million. Even in reality, they have no idea if the million's in there or not. So they'll go full bore, and you know their friends will, and family will be like, "No, you got the million." And it gets really annoying, especially too when they're like really annoying. Like when family is like really annoying. Like there was this one guy that was, uh, I think probably her brother or whatever was like super obnoxious, like super like hard and i was like you've got the million go for it or whatever like turn this deal down or whatever and so it's like i don't know how smart of a move that is gonna be buddy like she's still got to open up two cases and she's got two huge amounts up there worst worst case scenario is she knocks out those two huge numbers and then it's basically like not gonna get a whole lot of money after that so she gets offered a hundred and ninety one thousand dollars bank the banker in the games like i will give you one hundred and ninety one thousand dollars. you don't know what's in that case and i don't know what's in it either but the board's looking really good here's one hundred ninety one thousand. i would have fucking taken it i would have taken the previous offer of like ninety thousand or whatever and like not it opened up any more case but she played the gamble a little bit stronger than i did but no she fucking turns down one hundred ninety one thousand dollars. and you want to know what she did she opened up a $750,000 case, and then the next case she opened up was the million. And so her offer went from $191,000 to $9,000. And maybe I'm a cold-hearted person, but when you get really greedy on that show, I root for you to knock out the million. I think it is absolutely dumb, because I would be one just terrible on that show. I would get on there, and they'd be like, all right, $12,000. I'd be like, fuck, I'll instantly take that. What I could do with $12,000, like, fuck, hell yeah, I'll just take that right away. That's basically free money. I'm like, oh, don't you want to keep playing the game, see what's in your case? No, I'll just take the twelve grand right away. Like, 
fuck yeah, I'll take 12 grand, but they get so fucking greedy, and it's like $191,000, like, why would you not take that, like, oh, you get a million, great, but, like, for me, like, watching those, watching that show, it's like, if you're, if you're getting that hundred, like, like, the risk is way much higher than the reward, like, yeah, you get a million, cool, like, cool, you get more money, but, like, for me, there's, like, a huge difference in, like, 191,000 million, like, yeah, obviously, it's a shit ton more money, but, like, 191's nothing to scoff at, but then you go all the way down to, like, 9,000, like, that's a huge fucking difference, and so, oh, these people come on, they're like, oh, I want to do all this, and then they just, like, forget their roots, basically, and so they go on, and then they have their dumbass family, like, basically egging them on and it's like y'all are dumb man so if i ever go on family food or not family feud if i ever go on deal or no deal and i decide you want to i'm gonna go as uh decently far away like i'm gonna probably cash out earlier than other people would and it's like if guess what if i end up with more money in my case whatever and i get to walk out with say a little bit less money than what i could have but i didn't want to play the risk that's how i want to do it and so if i ever got these family or friends that are encouraged me to keep going and then I end up losing out on a huge ass amount of money. Oh, I would be pissed. I would be so mad. And like I was watching, like, and then they would end up on this podcast. But basically, I was watching um, another episode where someone, I think that like exact same thing had happened to them. Like they had a huge amount, and their whole thing was, oh, I want to start a. Me and my wife want to start a family. Okay, so you get that huge ass amount of money that you get offered, but you need more for some reason. And then sure shit literally knocks out like the million like next thing and then the everyone's like shocked it's like oh and like you're supposed to feel bad for him like no I don't feel bad for him you're an idiot like just take the money and then you had all like hundred ninety thousand or whatever hundred thousand to start up a family like what family in America wouldn't take that like that's just being greedy it's also really funny too like when you watch it and they knock out the million. They're a huge amount, and their dreams are just all crushed, and it just falls silent. And then someone has to start clapping and, like, hey, it's okay, or whatever. Like, fuck. I, like, I was watching the one that was, like, wanting to start the family. Instantly knocked out. Everyone just falls silent. Then you hear his dad. Hey, that's okay, Georgie. Like, no, it's not fucking okay. He just knocked out the million, and he's realizing how much of a dumbass he is and how much of a dumbass his wife is. It's funny. His wife was like, hey, I know you got the million. We go for it. Say no deal. And he's like, oh, that's my rock right there. No deal. I'll open up case number 12. Fucking million. Yeah, great job there, Georgie. Good job. And so, yeah, I was just like, God, just take the, get offered a huge ass amount of money and like stop running the risk. Obviously, if you have a like a really good board, say you have like a perfect board where you have like three extremely huge amounts and like one small amount and you want to just play it a little bit more, like that's fine. But like when you have like where like there's like the worst case scenarios, you have a chance to knock out all your high amounts, like get out of the game then and just enjoy your decent amount of winnings that you got. And so the lady ended up so <laughs> It's actually really kind of funny. So she knocks out the huge-ass amount, and, like, they decide to cut the commercial because, obviously, she's very emotional. I was not. I was laughing my ass off. I was like, ha-ha, dumb, dumb lady. But I was like, it's, but so they cut the commercial. They come back. She's still got a chance for $75,000. So it's like, all right, you know, maybe 
try working your way back up. And she starts working her way back up from 9,000. So she's opened up one case at a time or whatever. Playing the rest, I would have just been like, fuck it, I'll just take 9,000 now, get out and go home with it. Like, basically, egg on my face. I've been embarrassed on national TV. $9,000 is still a lot of money. Like, I would happily take 9,000 if someone gave it to me. And so uh, she ends up starting to do a little bit good, though. 9000 she says no deal, knocks out a low amount next round, and then uh, improves to, like, $20,000. Then she asks her kid in the stands for advice, and the kid's about seven years old. And I would never ask advice from a seven-year-old, especially in a financial standpoint. The kid's like, oh, no deal. So she turns it down. She opens up a case and actually ends up working out good, and she increases it to $29,000. And then there's three cases left. It's $75,000, a dollar, and then um, $1,000. She says no deal. Sure as shit. Next case, she opens up. Like, literally at that point, like, okay, you've kind of salvaged it a little bit to where you're at $29,000. Like, I would happily fucking take that money. Like, it wouldn't be like 191000 that you were getting offered earlier, but you turned it down because you're being a greedy bastard. But she turns down $29,000. And the next case, she opened sure shit, $75,000. And it's like, what the fuck did you expect? Did you literally not just learn anything from your previous experience of 20 minutes ago being embarrassed? And then, boom, she gets embarrassed again. So she ended up just deciding to go all the way. And to uh, obviously, she had two cases left, uh, $1,000 or a dollar. Luckily, she had the $1,000 for her. So it's like, hooray, good job. You walked out with 190000 less that you could have had. So great job, lady. It just makes me mad when people go on that show and they're just super greedy, super annoying, really cocky. Like, they're trying to get their 15 minutes of fame, and it's just like, the amount of shit I would buy with $191,000, fuck, that would be really nice. Like, you know how many families in America would love to have that? Worldwide would love to have that. Like, it's just greedy. I don't know. Maybe it's like they want I get it. Like, you want the million so bad, but it's like, man, you're Y'all, all y'all are dumb. Like literally, I would get on there right away, open up six cases. They would offer me like probably like something small, start off like ten grand. I'd be like, sure, I'll take ten grand. And then tax man will probably take a couple thousand. And then still, I walk away with like eight thousand. I fuck, I'd be happy with that. Don't look like an idiot on national TV. Whole thing is like, if I got that safety net, yeah, I'll go for a while. But like literally, like if there's a chance for the worst case scenario, like nah, I'll get out right away. She's dumb, like, oh, I want to start up a family. All right, here's $100,000. No, 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 I've got the million. And it was also really dumb, too, in that episode, uh, the one with the family, because it was a newer version of Deal or No Deal, because they uh, could do the counteroffer. And so I remember that guy, he knocked out a huge amount, uh, or he turned down a huge offer, knocked out a huge amount, Offer went down and then was like, I'm going to counter because that's what you can do in the new uh, deal or no deal. You can uh, counter the offer that the banker makes. But if the banker turns on that offer, then you got to go um, do open up another case. And so that's what happened with the guy. The guy countered. It wasn't that bad of a counter, but it was still like, all right, you want to start up a family. So you need $14,000 more. So you got offered like 51000 and he bumped, tried bumping it up to offer $65,000 and the banker turned it down. Then he had to open up another case, and then of course that was a huge amount. And then so everyone was like, "Oh, I feel really bad." It's like, so I would, it's like as long as you got that safety net, I would counter earlier. Like balls in your court. Like you never don't want to be like, where like you're really hoping. Like I just think it's dumb when people are like, "Oh, I'm gonna try to 
gamble as long as possible. Like, nah, just get out while you can. And, like, I think those bright lights get to the people. But, yeah, it's just, especially with, like, the family because they're like, oh, you got the million in the case. Nah, the only reason you're saying that is because you're probably trying to mooch a couple thousand off me. Like, nah, that's not how it goes, man. So I saw that, and I was just like, God, you people are dumb. And so, yeah, people on dealer, no deal, being greedy, uh, not using the counters, but, yeah. And then also, too, yeah, in that episode, the guy at least got to walk away with, like, $15,000 or something like that because State Farm made a guarantee for him that he'd walk away with 15000 I don't like that either because it's like, man, if you, like, that's basically just, like, a participation trophy at that point. Well, you're still going to get 15000 right away. Like, no, if you're an idiot on national TV, like, that's your own damn fault. Like, there is this one lady, she ended up, like, back in the old school deal or no deal where she ended up walking away with a penny, and she laughed about it or whatever, but it was like, you know, uh, she didn't get a guarantee. She didn't walk away with 15000 but it's just like, man, people are greedy on that show. And so, I, I just, I think it's dumb. It's just, don't be dumb on that show. It makes me mad when people are greedy. It's like, get out, help support your family with a huge dollar amount like cool like you don't need a you don't need a million when you got a hundred thousand dollars right away but another thing that makes me mad so i'm also watching you know obviously since uh quarantine and everything going on uh i've been watching some a lot of family feud family feud's just a good show to flip on and uh and just you can watch for 30 minutes new basically different episodes every time and so like they're quick 30 minutes um, and you can just watch a couple of them constantly. And you want to know what I think is really dumb? When people say good answer after someone on their team gives a really stupid answer. So here's my thing. If I go on Family Feud, I'm taking that shit seriously. Like, I'm not going on there trying to be all joking and trying to get some 15 minutes of fame on there. Not nah, like, I got a chance to win 20000 We got a chance to win $20,000. You divide that up by five, the five people on the squad, that is 4000 each. That is tuition payment right there for me so what i would do with four thousand i want people on that my team taking this shit seriously people can't come up with an answer i understand it's hard to put it on the spot but like i hate it when people give a really dumb answer to a question and everyone just kind of treats it as a joke oh what a funny answer i would be pissed i'd be like hey man will you take this shit seriously like that gives us a strike like you're basically throwing away an answer already at that point if you don't have anything good to drum up with just run out of time and move on to the next person but you're trying to be all funny and say something really dumb like i am not gonna clap and say good answer i'm gonna look at you like an idiot and go can you take this shit seriously steve like come on man and i also think it's really dumb when there's two strikes and they're like all right and you're at two strikes if you get this one wrong uh the whatever other family they got across stage we'll just call them the goldman family or something they've got a chance to seal and then they pan over to the camera pans over to the family or whatever and i think it's really dumb when they're like huddling but then they all hold up uh, their axes like they're trying to form a strike that's really dumb i think that looks really stupid uh don't do that if you're on family feud just be uh talking your answers over with your uh uh family members and stay huddled up don't try to taunt the other team by doing a stupid little x like no nah, like i really hope that way like when you lose your i hope that you don't get a chance to steal i think that's dumb like oh we're gonna hold up an x i hope you get it wrong like obviously yeah you hope you get it wrong but it's like i nah, just as i said i want this shit to be taken seriously 
And if I was them, I'd, if I see any of my teammates holding up an axe, I'd be like, hey, get your ass back in this huddle, man. Like, we've got to figure shit out. Especially, too, with that situation. Like, you got to drum up basically. Like, the board is not going to be in your favor because most of the questions are going to be answered. And there's like one or two answers left up on that board. And so you got to think really hard about what possibilities there could be. And obviously, you're discussing it throughout. But, like, I want you to get as much time as possible. Drum up some answers. And so I think it's really dumb when it's like, hey, hey, I hope you get a third strike. I'd be like, nah, fucking get your ass in here, man. Help me drum up some answers on uh, how to get over a hangover. Surveyed 100 people. How to get over a hangover. Like, come on, we got to figure this shit out. So I, I, th- I think it's just dumb when people go on game shows and they don't take shit seriously. Like, deal or no deal. Like, they're trying to be all, like, funny and shit. Or they're trying to be greedy or family feud. They're just trying to be all funny and wacky or whatever. Oh, look at our family. We're trying to get a reality TV show now or whatever. Like, nah, take that shit seriously. You know how badly I want to go on a game show? You know how good I would be at a game show too, man? I think it's just dumb. Like, I see, I don't take risk a whole lot. And so I don't think I... That's why, like, I would be a good contestant and, like... The show's eyes, because obviously you want people taking risks. You want people on the edge of their seat. Like, nah, me, I'm smart. I'm just like, all right, let's plan this out, figure out a plan, and then let's execute that plan and get out right away. And so, I mean, obviously, I'd be, like, funny on there, obviously, because, like, you know, I got this whole podcast. I'm hilarious, but I'm like, man, like, I would just literally go on, execute a game plan, and, like, that's my thing. I'm not going to be dumb. I'm not going to be stupid. So I think it's, it makes me mad when I watch a game show and, like, People are like, oh, I'm so silly. Like, I'm having so much fun. Like, nah, you got a lot of money being offered right now. Take that shit seriously. That's life-changing money. But yeah, watching it, and so I was just like, God, people are dumb. And I was even watching one of the newer dealer no-deals. Guy, oh, these fucking people, man. It was like these two brothers, basically, were... They had $750,000 still in play, and then they had a bunch of small amounts, and I'm just like, all right, if you got to open up a case, there's a chance Oprah up that 750000 Get out while you can, and like just take a good, decent amount of money, because if you knock out that $750,000, you are basically fucked at that point. And so obviously, they're all greedy, and they're like, oh, we're going to go for one more case. They somehow managed to avoid $750,000. Offer grows. They turn it down because they're greedy. They go another case. They somehow manage, again, avoid the 750000 Basically, every time after this happens, too, you know, the crowd erupts and cheers, and the two brothers are acting like, you know, they just won the Super Bowl, and they're hugging each other, and it's like, no, no, let's just hold on. You still got a long way to go. Basically, it's like you're the San Francisco 49 They're like the San Francisco 49ers, and they're celebrating that pick with five minutes to go in the end end zone thinking they have the game wrapped up and it's like you know i don't think it's over just yet there buddy i don't hear a fat lady singing so they keep going somehow they're avoiding the seven hundred fifty thousand, and they get to the end and it's just two cases left five dollars and seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars is all that's left and if you're a normal person i feel like you would be like you want to I'm not going to take that risk. I'll take the $300,000 or whatever they were offered and just be like, you know what? That's good enough money for me. I'll take it. I would have gotten out a lot earlier, but I would have taken it. Nah, they decide, no, we're going to go for it. No deal. We've got the 750000 And again, these people have no idea what's in their case, and they're just doing it just because, yeah, I get it. You want to believe it. You want to believe it. But guess what? You don't fucking know. And so why take, and they decide, you know, we're going to take the risk. And guess what? They had $5 in their case. And everyone's like, oh, wow, I feel bad. I would be like a terrible 
audience member on that show because it would fall like really silent when like they knock out the big amount but then i would just start laughing obviously if it happens like early like say it's like early on in the game they knock out the million and it's like shit i'd feel bad like that's when it's like ah shit you nothing you could do there obviously you're gonna knock out big amounts but it's like when they start getting greedy like i'd be a really bad guest i'd be like a really bad audience member because like when they get really greedy is obviously as i said like that's when i'm like i hope you knock out that huge amount and so like i could just see it now like they'd uh to go back to the uh that lady early today where she, she she still had the uh or back to that georgie guy or whatever that uh, knocked out the huge amount like everyone would just fall silent and then all of a sudden you'd hear me go in the audience ha where I'd be like woohoo they knocked out the million take that you stupid son of a bitch and then everyone would look at me like oh no you're supposed to feel bad fuck I ain't feeling bad for that guy the nerve of that guy going way too greedy I'm like oh man everyone would just feel really quiet I just love it when they just knock out the million everyone just falls really quiet and then they have to Hey, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, nah, it's not okay. You knock that shit out, you stupid son of a bitch. Oh, man. I'd probably get kicked out, but I'd be like, fuck, whatever, man. Like, oh, just especially the family members, too. I just love it. They knock it out, and they're like, oh, it's okay. No, like, no, it's your dumbass fault because you kept encouraging them to do that stupid shit. Like, can you imagine being around, like, or like especially like when like drunk idiots or whatever like i'll compare that show to like drunk idiots basically like when their friend does something like when they're encouraging them to their friend do something really dumb and then their dumb friend does it because they're like drunk or whatever and then it backfires and they're like oh it's okay like no that's you're not like don't offer up emotional support at the end just be like hey no like let's just step in right away like let's be logical right we're your friends we're supposed to help you out I want to help you out instead of the, oh, it's too late. Like, oh, I feel bad. I'd be like, man, all y'all are dumb. I'd be screaming deal at the top of my lungs. So, man, it makes me mad when I see just people going on game shows and they're way too greedy. And it's just like, why? Just, you say you need the money for a family and then you get way too greedy. Oh, man. And also, too, since this is probably a game show episode, I'll just probably stick with it, too. I have... Mentioned it a couple times on Facebook, but I'll say it again. If I go on The Price is Right, and I'm in the showcase round or whatever, or whatever the entry round is where they're asking the people to, you know, place their bid on a item, and they do that. If someone up, or ups my bid by just a dollar, I'm throwing a haymaker at them, all right? Like, straight up, like, if I go on The Price is Right, I'm going to be super pumped. I'll be like, oh, shit, let's go. And I get on there, and refrigerator is... uh. I'll say, like, you know, like, they'll be like, hey, bet on this refrigerator. I'll be like, all right, I'll put three grand down. I don't know the exact price of it, but I'll throw a number out there. I think it's really dumb when the person right after you, like, they up the bid by a dollar. And it basically basically kicks you out of the round, basically, because, like, uh, you know, highest price without going over. And it's like, that helps them out a lot more. Like, basically, you'd have to hit it right on the nose at that point. Uh, because like if say the price is four thousand dollars, you bet thirty five hundred and they go thirty five oh one, then they're closest to it. You know, actual closest without going over and just I just hate the whole idea of people up bidding each other by a dollar. Because like if literally if someone goes on there, bets three thousand, then next person does three thousand one, three thousand two, and three thousand three, 
yeah, that makes sense. And obviously, like, if you're that last person, you want to do it because that helps increase your odds. But, like, that wouldn't be fun for anyone. It would just be them up there bidding by a dollar. I like when people go on there and they get really fucking close because it's like, holy shit, way to actually know your refrigerator price. So if I go on there, someone ups my bid by a dollar, I will probably look at them and then just turn to the side Give him a little sweet chin music, Shawn Michaels style. Be like, the nerve of you for taking that refrigerator away from me and getting to advance the next round to play some Planko. Man, I saw that. That happened one time where uh, someone upped the bid by a dollar. And, you know, they, what happened when the people, like, get up their bid by a dollar? You know, they try to be like, oh, that's so funny. Like, oh, I don't like you. I would literally look at that person and go, fuck you. Fuck you for upping my bid by a dollar. I know a family guy made fun of that one time where they're like, uh, what was the last bid? $3,000. $3,000 when the guy turns to the woman's like, fuck you. I Look, that's a joke in family guy, but I would 100% do that, man. I'm trying to advance to the next round. You trying to use the rules in your favor. Trying to take me out. Know your refrigerator prices, people. Especially so that happened. Person won, and then he went on and then got to play Planko. And straight up, I will, like, throw hands, and they would probably have to escort me out the building if I lose out on playing Planko. Because Planko's the, fun, the best game out there, in my opinion. Like, I fucking love it when people play Planko. And so, anyway, I, if someone upped my bid by a dollar, they get to advance. I don't. I will probably rush the stage, and then they were probably going to need a whole militia to get me out of there because I would be furious if that happened. So that happened to some guy, and then he goes on Planko. Uh, and... Ugh. I was just like, oh, you son of a bitch. Oh, making me mad and I wasn't even there. I felt bad for the guy that he up in. He goes on there and then they're asking him questions so he can win more chips or whatever. And uh, being like oh, really over the top. It's like, oh, I don't know. And it's like, well, fucking just pick an answer. So if you get a chip or not, and then, oh, man. As you can tell, I love fucking Planko, man. I go up there and then I just drop that chip down right in the middle. Best chance of getting it to a grain. Or whatever, 10,000, I think, is what you can win. People go on there, they go to the far right, and they're trying to think it's going to kick all over. And it's like, it's not going to kick over at that point. You go on Planko, things down in the middle, drop it down in the middle, like, or drop it maybe slightly off to the edge. But, like, oh, man, people don't take shit seriously when they go on game shows. And it's like, that's a one in a million chance to get on a game show. And then you got fucking people going on there, and they ain't taking that shit seriously. And it's like, man, what I would do. What I would do to go on Price is Right, win like a hammock. Fuck, I would happily take a hammock if I just got to go play some Planko and then spin the wheel and shit. And and people don't take shit seriously, man. And it's frustrating. Because as I said, it's like a one in a million chance to get on Price Right. And then like you have people up there that are pissing the shit away. Or like deal or no deal. One in a million chance to go on deal or no deal. And people up there pissing the shit away. So it's like, come on now. Let's use some let's use some common sense, people. That's a older episode of a podcast name uh, that I use. And if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. I got my boy Peyton Witt and Dalton Sorgo on that one. People just gotta use common sense, man. And they don't, and it makes me mad. As I said, so obviously, like that's a good advice for just about anywhere. Just using common sense. So. I think that's going to do it for this episode of What Makes Me Mad. Uh, as you guys can tell, I was in a lot better mood. And honestly, I feel like this episode was a lot stronger than the previous one, uh, previous two, because I was just in a better mood. Granted, obviously, 
life still sucks, but you know, hey, we're trying to get through it. And so I was just like, I'm going to go out here and try to make these podcasts for the people at home listening and be like, you want to know what? Hopefully they'll find some joy in it. Man, let me tell you, when we get done with all this quarantine and stuff and all that shit's over with, man, I'm going to record some podcast episodes with some people. And when we don't have to worry about social distancing, it's going to be fun. So I appreciate y'all listening. Uh, appreciate the listens very much. It's always fun uh, checking out the demographics or whatever. I just, I still can't get over that. 92% of my audience is males. So shout out to all the males out there that are listening. The uh, 8% of my audience, that's females. Uh, appreciate the listens to ladies. Tell your lady friends too. Hey, I got listening to this podcast. Just some guy venting about what makes me mad. Maybe it's just because guys are more mad than women. I don't know. Maybe if I had a pot, see, maybe if I followed my mom's advice. See, I told my mom that I was going to come up. So this whole thing started, the podcast started when I had the radio show at Whitewater. That was going to be called What Makes Me Mad, which started all the way back, you know, high school days of uh, multimedia, whatever, and using uh, that as an episode of uh, Red Hawk Talk. But I told my mom, she's like, oh, you're too angry sometimes. Make a podcast called What Makes Me Happy. And it's like, no one wants to listen to that crap. No one wants to listen to me fake like what makes me happy yeah there's a lot of things that make me happy but that's not what the audience craves they want to know what makes me mad and that's what's nice too like the small shit that makes me mad too a lot of big picture stuff makes me mad too but like can you imagine doing a podcast right now with everything going on in the world and trying to figure out what makes me happy fuck there's barely anything that makes me happy right now in the world and anything that i find that makes me happy swear to god it's like god is like I'm going to fuck with this kid today, and I'm going to figure out what makes him happy, and I'm going to ruin it for him. And so, see, that's why I'm kind of glad that I have the podcast called What Makes Me Mad, because maybe God's like at this point, like, you know, I'm going to find out what makes him mad, and I'm going to keep amplifying that shit. And that's fine by me, God, because if you want to keep doing that, that just means I have more stuff to talk about, which means I can create more episodes and the more sense I can get per episode. So take that. So that's why I don't have a podcast called What Makes Me Happy. I should have a podcast. That's would be a nice little inspirational thing, but no one wants to hear that inspirational jazz, especially at this point in our lives. So that's going to do it, though, for this episode of What Makes Me Mad. It's episode 27. Can't believe we're almost at 30. God, can't believe it. We're going to be at 30 pretty soon. It'll be midlife crisis stage, but episode 27. Can't believe it, man. The Eddie Lacy episode. Whatever happened to him? He was a good running back for about two years. Oh, it was always fun watching him bulldoze over people. But yeah, that's going to do it, though, for this episode. Appreciate y'all listening. As I said, I'm trying to do this shit weekly, though, but with everyone being home, I don't want to, like, either awaken them from their sleep or uh, I'm just trying to find a good spot to, like, record at. Right now, our basement is currently occupied with some chickens, with some baby chickens, and so it smells down there right now, so I don't want to go down there and record podcasts, because that's normally where I would go. So hopefully, uh, I can start finding a spot here pretty soon, because also to the campus, basically everything's closed over there, so uh, I really don't know where to record, so I'm just trying to find the right spot to record podcasts, and I'm trying to get them out weekly, so if uh, you don't see them coming out weekly, that's why it's because I don't have a good spot to record, but... Appreciate y'all listening, though. Appreciate the love and support. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this one more than the previous two episodes. I know I did. And so, uh, 
yeah, we'll see you guys next time, and hopefully everything in the world's better. Probably won't be, but, you know, we can always hope, right? You know, what makes me happy and what makes me positive, you know, hopefully we'll start uh, getting some shit solved in the world, too. Also, too, I'm going to do one more quick what makes me happy. I'm getting really tired of, like, all the commercials being like, this is uncertain times, and we just want you to let you know that we're here for you as a company. It's like, good! Better hope you're here for us. That'd be real awkward if once the shit got tough, you hit the high road. It's like, also, too, I'll need constant COVID-19 updates from other websites. Like, the Weather Channel is was giving me COVID-19 updates today. Like, I think ESPN was doing one another day, and it's like, went to go check the weather and AccuWeather can have you track COVID-19. It's like, I can literally check any news channel and find out what's going on with COVID-19. So I don't need 900 updates from it. Like I can just literally watch the news and be like, all right, cool. Like I don't need the weather channel to try having me track COVID-19 like it's a forecast, but I know they're just trying to inform the public, but like I can literally just flip on a news channel or listen to the health experts. But yeah, so hopefully this shit, um, we can start seeing uh, some uh, downward spirals of it, uh, but we'll have to see with Easter uh, coming up. Hopefully, everyone just stays inside. And hopefully, that dumb bitch that was on CNN uh, with her, I got uh, Jesus' blood on me. Hopefully, she stays home. She probably won't, and probably a lot of people will go out, and then you'll see the infection spike. And then we'll all be shocked Pikachu faces like, I can't believe it spiked. And it's like, well, what the fuck do you expect? As I've said before, listen to the health care experts. They're the ones that know the most on it. Listen to them. Don't listen to your neighbor's Facebook post about how she knows more about Corona than the experts do. Like, oh, man. So just listen to the health care experts. Don't go out. Don't social. If you do six feet away, call people. Video chat people don't just fucking go out and just mingle in the public because you're bored or quarantined or whatever. It's like, we're going to get through this, but we can get through it a lot faster. And I can get sports back a lot faster if we all just fucking just stayed home and limited the spread of it. And then we could figure out what's going on with and then accurately trace it or track it at that point. So just stay home, people. Cannot stress that enough. If you need to go out for food or something i understand that but like just stay home like you do not need to go out and mingle in the public and like there was this one lady that went i last night or whatever went through the drive-thru had gloves on and a mask so it's like she's really worried about like corona obviously like a lot of people are but she just fucking came in to get pints and it's like you don't fucking need pints of custard to survive yeah it'll probably help you out and like just yeah, I'll meet some custard, but it's like, if you're that fucking concerned where you're wearing a mask and you don't want to threaten, you wipe down the credit card right away. Like, I'm, again, I understand that, and I thank you for taking the precautionary steps, but it's like, you could still fucking get it. So it's like, why are you going out for shit you don't need? And so just stay home, people. And there's also one lady, too, that was like, uh, got a shit ton of hand sanitizer literally hands me my quickly like literally looks at me as if i have corona myself that i am giving it to her and quickly washes her hands with the hand sanitizer it's like you still are running a risk of getting it you're that fucking concerned about getting corona don't fucking go outside stay home and so that's uh, again i will probably be preaching that for a long ass time on this podcast just stay home and listen to podcasts all right 
So that's going to do it for what makes me mad. I feel like I've been saying that for about 10 minutes now, but that's going to do it for this episode. Appreciate the listens, y'all, and I'll see you guys next time. Thank you.